0: everybody. Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. My name is David Donaldson. I'm here with my associate Joe Martin. And Joe, we're in a studio today to have our conversation. And going forward, you know, we're going to be together a little bit more with these podcasts. I'm kind of looking forward to the change of scenery. So am I.
1: I think the banter in person is going to be a lot better than Zoom in our three-inch by three-inch box. That's I for do sure. Think,
0: well, you know, and I think everybody was, was comfortable seeing my blurred background that I was having to do because I could never get my office and my camera to the right degree. So... It's nice to kind of step into the 21st century
1: with how we're supposed to be doing these things. I tend to agree with you. And also for those who are just tuning in, I'm actually very happy that you blurred out your background because there's a lot of Eagle <laughs> stuff behind you. And quite frankly, I just don't want to see that stuff from the city of brotherly love. Well, we're
0: going to start incorporating some television, some graphics later on, and I'll make sure that, t- that you aren't left out in the cold when it comes to the Philadelphia sports scene.
1: Oh uh, man, I guess at least you guys do have really good cheese, cheese steaks. So I'll give you that. Well, we got a couple of things. We've got to this. Well, listen,
0: it's very excited to be here again. But today, Joe, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of spin it a little bit, right? We obviously spend a lot of time talking about people and how they've been impacted. Today, we're going to talk about what people could actually take action around in impacting their business. And why don't you give us a breakdown of how we're going to look at that today?
1: Well, I think there's three things when you look at your business, uh, especially with growth, right? You're really looking at, like, what's your lead flow for business being, well, in real estate, it's your buyers and sellers. So you're looking at your lead flow. Number two, you're looking at your financials. And then number three that's always in a big in business is your leverage or time, right? So when I look at any agent that I'm meeting with, it's, hey, what's your lead flow look like? What's your financials look like? And then what's your leverage look like? And I think the biggest part that I hear is, how do you identify and then how do you recruit talent? Because it's one thing to say, hey, found Dave on the street corner, he looks like a great guy, he's probably gonna be capable. That's where I was, absolutely. I was just <laughs> hanging out on the street corners, yes. And the second part is then, the, what's the process, right? Because if you think about it logically, you're like, okay, I got a job, you need an opportunity, you need to make some money, I need to get time back. So it really looks like a logical transaction of like, hey, here's the opportunity, sign here on the line, let's get into business together. When in fact, most of the time, people make emotional decisions about their their career choice. So really think about what's the journey and the recruitment after you identify the talent and make sure the, the identification of the talent is actually a good fit for the role. And I think that's the biggest part about this podcast today is really thinking about how do you identify and then how do you recruit talent to your team so you can grow your business. Because at the end of the day, the, the scope of your business, the, the level it grows to is gonna be about the talent that's around it. Uh, and you can see that with any business in, inside and outside of real estate. And I think that's a really cool topic for us to talk about today.
0: No, I, I love it. Um... I think so many people look at real estate and they just say, well, building a business or recruiting talent, like, you're in the business for yourself, aren't you? I I think that because the majority of real estate agents do represent or work for those, people miss the understanding that, hey, there's a business inside of this model. There's a team growth
1: aspect of this model. And actually identifying talent to grow the team is lost on a lot of people. Well, I think if you look at, like, Kiyosaki's four quadrants, you know, you're talking employee and then self-employed. Yeah most of our agents are at a self-employed level. They're not actually running a business, like as a business owner, and then eventually shifting to an investor. And I think the one key that you always have to think about is that in order to shift into the third and fourth quadrant of uh, business owner and investor is that you gotta get other people doing the day-to-day tasks to grow the business so that you're not tied and you can actually go create other opportunities at a future business uh, to, to create opportunities for people.
0: I think I think it's, it's, it's funny how quickly things can kind of go askew and you realize how many avenues there are inside of real estate, but Focusing on the most important things, which is your lead generation, right? Closing and getting to the table and inside of that model, right? Either you're doing it or you're doing it or you're doing it until you find somebody else to support you through that. So,
1: yeah, I think, you know, the, the way I look at this, when I look at a business is that you've got four phases of a business. You've got, uh, I do it, then you have, we do it, then they do, they do it, then there's theirs, right? And when yep. you say, I do it. It's that single solo entrepreneur, like everything's on me. We do it as, hey, finally got to a level of income where I can hire an admin or I can get some virtual support or whatever it may be. And oh, and now I'm successful enough that I feel like some buyers are going to come onto my team if you're talking about real estate. Then eventually from we do it to they do it, like we do it as I'm still actively engaged in it. They do it is now I'm just having a accountability session with the the director of sales or the head of the company that says hey if I'm the board like the chairman of the board and you're the CEO that's really where they is and then theirs is when you completely step out of it because the person running the company is actually at a level now where they don't need the accountability and insight from the board, because they've taken ownership to that level where they're actually financially invested in the the outcome and production of the business. So I, I think as you look at recruitment and identifying talent, you're always going from I do it, to we do it, to they do it, to theirs. And a lot of times the hiccups happen right between we to they, because all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Dave, you've been doing this for three years. Here you go. And, <laughs> yes, let me take know, that on that, from you. And I'm like, hey, it's they do it, but when actually Dave is thinking, no, it's more like we do it, but that's kind of like farther down the road. I think really just focusing in today is like, where do I find talent? What are some creative ways to do it? And then what's the journey that I really got to be thinking about in the recruitment phase of it um, to get them on my team? Because far yeah. too often I know in my career, I've said, oh, you know, Dave's a great person or whatever it may be. It makes a great fit on the team. And then I make the pitch to him and he's like, yeah, Joe, thanks, but uh, no thanks. And then I'm like, well, I'm starting from square one again.
0: You bring up a really valid point, you know, having been in this business around, having been in corporate America, you know, the last thing that I personally want to do was build another business when I was first getting started out. So I was actually, I was on the journey to find somebody that was successful. So while you're saying, hey, identifying talent, I was actually looking and trying to identify talent for somebody that was doing it well. Mm -hmm. And what I found very quickly was that there was a big gap Mm -hmm. in that model because people didn't understand what we're about to talk about, which is the how-to and the why-to's to identifying talent but identifying the right talent. And I think a lot of real estate agents jump to having I need a buyer's agent, right? They jump from that, hey, I'm going to bring somebody else in on the team that's going to close and take a lot off of my plate. Mm -hmm. Where that person is coming in as a buyer's agent thinking, hey, great, I'll be your buyer's agent. Where are the leads? Correct. And they miss that true first step of who should I be hiring? So when we're looking at talent, it's the who Mm -hmm. that should come first, right?
1: Yeah so when you when you think about like identifying talent like there's a lot here in like the management leadership and in of our next episode will be really talking about managing and leading people yet when you're talking about identifying i think sometimes we snap judgment and say i've got a need right now and that need is on fire so i'm just going to hire if you got it yeah, you got a pulse like you breathing you license like come on join the team right <laughs> um and and inevitably that ends up in a, a terrible hire and not so much i think the, the leader is actually the person that's most responsible for that yeah not the person they brought on so when you think about identifying talent What's the first thing that, you know, Dave, when you go through that, what are your, first, when I say identify talent, what's the first thing that kind of comes to mind about what you would be doing in that situation?
0: So if I'm looking for an identifying talent, I'm like, okay, can this person fill the need on my team? Now, fortunately, I've been around enough to know that that need for me is like somebody's basically going to run my day to day, right? This Can this person be my operations person so I can be out in the field doing what I need to do, which is closing business? Can I walk away from my location and say, this person is taking care of everything I need to do, whether that's closing leads, converting leads, responding, checking my systems, and at the same time, probably doing a large part of the heavy lifting around marketing or transaction to close.
1: So I would even, I think you just went like high level with like version 3, 4, 5.0 <laughs> on that one. And, and, and I bring you, I want to really back in a little bit here because I think this is actually the key of why I love this topic is that I think our, like anybody that's in a hiring position is knows they need something, right. but they haven't actually thought through what that person would look like. And what I mean by look like is not actually like physical attributes, but like how would I know their skill sets? How would I know their behavioral traits? How would I know um, their track record? How do I have references? How do I know that like this person is gonna be a good fit? Because there's no bad employees. There's no bad workers. It's that they're not a fit for the role that you're looking to procure them for, right? It's like saying you know, you hear the whole like round peg, square hole type of thing. And I think part of the identification of talent is saying, what does my business actually need? Like clearly, is it, it needs documentation or does it need detail orientation or does it need um, somebody that's really outgoing and gregarious? Does it need somebody that's more methodical? Like how would you know if you were sitting down with the person? Because here's what, what a lot of in identifying talent becomes a challenge, is that you are in a people business and we love people. And I'm always gonna see the highlights and the benefits and the positives of this person that's sitting across the table from me. yet. That doesn't mean they're going to be a good fit inside my organization. Sure. And what happens is we get allured by, oh, but they've got these great attributes. And what I would say is go back to the vision of the role. Like, have you clearly said that they will be, if they're going to be all virtual, are they going to be always on site? Are they going to be more back of house? Are they going to be more forward-facing? Are they going to be more hands-on with the client? Are they going to be less hands-on with the client? Are they going to be more database-driven and numbers and detail-oriented? Or are they going to be more just going out and making people feel warm and fuzzy? Like, and I think most of the time, when we start identifying an opportunity inside of our business for somebody to take on a job um, or a career, whatever you want to call it, we fail to really create a clear vision as the CEO, entrepreneur, leader, whatever you want to call yourself and say that this is actually the role that I need for this for, for my organization. And if we don't start there, everybody that you meet with, that you identify as a potential candidate, is going to look like a great fit because you've never actually defined the role.
0: Well, I think there's a lot of truth to knowing that the process, right? And we could joke about Philly here and say trust the process. But until you truly understand what that process looks like, you're going to struggle with it. Right, yeah, you kind of have to fill... process though. Like,
1: think about the process of Andy Reid, <laughs>
0: he's not all right after he <laughs> left Philly. I'm okay with that. I give props <laughs> to Big Red, but when we look at the process, right, I think you hit a lot of things there that people recognize hey, I get along with this person, so therefore that's a good person for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, the truth can be anything further from that because that it could, at the time, be the absolute wrong person to have because they're not gonna be driven to do what you need to do. So in order to identify the process, right, I think first we have to get educated on what that process might look
1: like. Yeah, and I think the first part, so like, one, you gotta define the role. You have to actually have, have a job description. Yeah. And the best way I would describe this is that if you've got it in your head, Dave, of this is the the opportunity I have inside of my business, inside my world that I wanna be able to bring somebody into and let them succeed and help me grow the business and you know transform their life, the first thing I'd say is like, okay, what does their daily look, daily workload look like? What's their weekly? What's their monthly? Uh, how would you know that they're succeeding? And the challenge that I always have for the sniff test, if you will, is that I want to see it written down so that if you gave it to a third party that has no idea what your business is, that they would clearly be able to understand how the person would function inside their job. And that's the most challenging for most entrepreneurs because you're trying to be creative and you're on the go and you're just trying to make stuff happen. Whereas if you don't slow down enough to say, this is exactly what I'd say, kind of like paint me a picture, right? That I want to clearly see, is that is that sky blue or is it more of like a, you know, is it more of a teal? Like what color are we talking in the sky? What color is the grass? What color are the trees? Because if you don't clearly define what the role is, you can't identify anything. And then you're just, you know, you're on a, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Yeah. And I think that's the part of identifying. So, like, get your role defined, start there. Because once you know what that is, it's kind of like a, you know, if you're trying to go on like a treasure chest, like a treasure. You know, hunt right? So you, the whole season of Outer Banks came out, and like you got this ridiculous like thing going on. My Joe was trapped the inside
0: a fifteen-year-old's body over here, watching shows called The Outer Banks. Yeah, I'm, I'm and on I board. only know what that is because I have a seventeen-year-old that was waiting for that to drop.
1: So, so my wife is is. But you know, actually, I'm just going to front load that and say, yeah, it's, it's totally my of <laughs> pleasure. But I think what's what's cool about when you see that thing is that. Um, you have a map and you've got clues and you've got a compass and you've got all these different things that are telling you which way the path is. So there's extreme clarity. And before we go into like the tips and tricks on how to identify talent is saying like, you need to clearly know what it's like. So like, for me, I know that anybody that works with me needs to move fast pace. Like I just don't, don't work well with people that are slow. Like I'm not going to sit here and explain it three, five times. So you really have to identify it of what the person's gonna look like, what the role looks like, what they're gonna look like to succeed. What does success look like? Because one of the biggest challenge you hear is that, you know, the employee eventually says, well, I wasn't, I didn't feel supported. I wasn't trained well. I wasn't educated, right? Like that always happens. And the reason behind that is the entrepreneur leader hasn't actually slowed down enough to say, this is what success looks like. This is what your day-to-day looks like. These are the roles and responsibilities or key areas, key outcomes of the role to say, this is how you know you're succeeding because that's actually the failure of the leader to not actually clearly say this is what winning or losing looks like. And I see that's actually the biggest problem before you even get into identifying and recruiting talent.
0: Yeah, right. Not just knowing of what you're going to do, but knowing what parts of your role you're going to offload. Yeah. The proper way, right? And you've got to spec that out. You've got to be self-aware to understand these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, going through that whole spot analysis for yourself, right? As opposed to just I'm going to go find somebody that's going to take it off my...
1: My play the uh yeah some some savior is going to come in and say they're gonna you, walk right? right in the door yeah exactly no that doesn't you know if you hear my story i came off a of craigslist so it can't happen <laughs> um but um yes. i think w- once you identify the role like just to keep people moving and shaking here i think the next one's just identifying talent and there is no silver bullet for this one right this is talks yeah. about you here what's your leadership bench what's your talent bench and if you're in business where you don't actually want to sell and be the active like salesperson or the active person driving driving businesses, you have to be constantly on the lookout for talent just like you would be constantly looking for leads and prospects um, and I, in my experience the best the best place to find talent are the people that are closest to you so family friends colleagues um, and even like third-party uh, partners that you might have affiliate businesses with that you actually do transactions with or whatever it may be because uh, previous clients, previous clients. Yeah. Cause here's, here, here's the reality, right? Like we think that, uh, okay, I, I go, let's think about the normal interview process. I'm going to look at your resume. Uh, I'm going to have maybe a two hour meeting with you. Then I'm going to ask for references and maybe I, have to do the references, because I'm like, ah, I'm just speed to like get this thing closed, and then we have this weird negotiation about my compensation, and then this is finally done, and then we get to work together. But I, I don't actually know anything about you. I don't really get to understand your track record, your thought process, your history, all that. And the fastest way to have legitimacy is obviously through referrals, because if you call me up and say, hey, Joe, uh, I'm looking for somebody that could be my director of sales or my operations manager, and can you help me with it? Uh, do you have any recommendations? like I'm not gonna give you anybody that I wouldn't put my name behind. So your strongest identification of talent yeah. is gonna be through referrals and then people you've worked with, right? Because now you know what they right, because now I know like if I'm working on a project, I know how Dave operates because I've spent you know 45 days working through a project and I know he either did his job or he didn't, he followed up or he didn't, he hit his outcome or he didn't and how did he come off as a team player And those experiences are, you know, they're not a a future indicator of success, but they're pretty, uh, they're pretty spot on for how the person is going to show up and they get in your world.
0: They do, and it's it's funny. I I always we talk about real estate agents. We talk about the business, and a lot of times we talk about hey, just getting in front of the consumer the first time, and there's a good chance you're going to get the job. The scary thing is, is that that first person that interviews you is going to fall into that same type of dynamic and not necessarily you per se, but I mean, and that business owner that's looking for talent, like they may get hired right away because there's the need. Yep. That, that desperate need is that I have to have somebody. And too many things have happened to get to the point because they weren't looking far enough in advance. Mm-hmm. Right? They weren't always looking for talent. So they got to the point where they had to hire somebody.
1: Yeah, and think about this, right? W- what I hear a lot of is the person's, once again, going back to it, before we dive into, like, the, the process, right, or the recruiting and expectations and all that, is just saying where do you find talent? So let, let's give the, the people tuning sure. in, right? So I would recommend, first thing is people you've worked with in prior, right, that maybe have some some other cross experience in another field, but it can actually resonate in the one field that you're looking to put them in. But honestly, people you've worked with before um, – the next one is going to be obviously referrals from people that are know, like, and trust you, so they want you to succeed, so they're not going to give you some uh, BS, you know, non or off the corner. Um, and then the next one is obviously just people inside the industry that have a great reputation. So one of the fastest ways to figure out like who you should be in business with is go find some of your rivals or competitors or whoever and just say, hey, look, I don't know you. Um, I'm looking to try to find some people to grow my team. I'm not calling you specifically, but if there was anybody that you would recommend that I should have a meeting with that has a great reputation, has track record success, and that would have impact in my business, who would that be? And most of the time you're gonna get a probably five to 10 names that kind of constantly come up and your business is gonna grow to the level of the people you surround yourself with. And it's those people that have that reputation because let's let's just put it this way. Michael Jordan was always a competitor. Right, he didn't just one day wake up with the Chicago Bills and be like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I kind of want to be competitive and win." Right? No, like he had it his entire life. Anybody that's had huge success in their life has had some level of drive, competition, um, standards, values, and, and it's just who they are. Right? They're not going to show up one day unless they have a massive trauma, you know, inside their life inevitably that's what you're identifying you're trying to identify somebody who has a track record of success because no matter what they're going to do in life they're not going to fail and they're going to keep working at the grittiness and that that drive that you can't instill into somebody that's just wired into them and that's what you're trying to actually identify with and that's where when you look at your referrals the people you worked with your sphere of influence like that's where you're going to because how many of you listening like we're not going to put anybody on the spot but you know, you put something on craigslist and you say well i can't hire anybody i and i go okay so where how'd you find your your people well i put a you know a job ad out on, on monster.com or i went on indeed and you know i just put this thing on there and they got like 100 responses but they all sucked sucked well yeah <laughs> what did you expect if you just put something out there right. you know it's not going to work and that's where i think a lot of people setting expectations is like what kind of, if you put trash out what kind of trash do you think is going to come back at you Right, like it doesn't, yeah.
0: you know. So if we then say, okay, we've we've got a need, we recognize a need, talent. I recognize that I've probably sketched out a little bit of what I think I need to fill up the offsites. Recognizing, truth be told, that just putting out a job ad, not necessarily going to bring the right person. Correct. So I've gone through the process. I've talked to some of my people that I either worked with in the past, and it could be a combination of other mm-hmm. real estate agents, like you referenced, right? I think is a great avenue talking with past clients, mm-hmm. right? It it may be other real estate agents that are looking for more of a job than a business owner, right? So I think that's a I think that's a real clear don't make the assumption that everybody has their license as a driven business owner. Yep. Right. Understanding that there are people in our industry that need a job, mm-hmm. right? They need structure, they need but it doesn't mean they can't be competitive, right? You can be competitive for success in other ways to do a job well done.
1: I think there's before you get into once you identify the talent, I think there's two things that can sometimes limit an entrepreneur and how they hire or grow their business. And there, there's two things. Um, one is they don't get enough reps. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you look at, uh, we'll use our industry in real estate. A yeah. lot of our top agents know how to go on a listing appointment. Like I was having this conversation over dinner about two weeks ago, and the person was, you know, struggling with hiring. It's just so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard okay, let me, let me reposition you a different way. How many listings did you take the prior year? The person said like 100, right? And I go, okay, how long have you been in the business? It's seven years. I go, okay, when you took your first listing, how long did you prep for that listing? Like all night. Like the first time I had a listing appointment, phew, probably six, seven hours. I went through the thing, had all my paperwork, blah, blah, blah. And I go, okay, so when you go on a listing appointment now, how long does it take you to prep for? They go, 15, 20 minutes. I go, huh, what's the difference? And they go, well, I've been, going on a listing appointments for seven years and that's like clockwork and I go so how many of recruiting appointments have you been on for talent how many this this month this year three do you think it might be just because you're not getting enough reps you're not comfortable with it so the first part is recognizing that you're not going to hit a grand slam home run the first time you try to like grow your business you got to realize that like just like my listing business yeah. I sucked at it when I first started, and now I'm really good. So the first mindset thing is knowing that you got to get reps and be okay with that. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, I'm wasting time, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, sometimes in your business, you got to go backwards, go forward, and this is one of the skill sets. Just because you're good at sales doesn't mean you're good at recruiting and attracting talent. But if you want to have a massive business, that's the skill set that's hard. That's the, the, that's the skill set that's limited. But if you can master that skill set – you unlock an opportunity and potential that most of your competitors, and by competitors, I mean your other real estate agents, never actually do. Because, like, look at how many. If you went through our board, okay, so we got 13,000 affiliates through NVAR. For now. For right now. I mean, it would probably go backwards. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to go backwards. But think about that. If you said, okay, we have 13,000 affiliate or associates within Northern Virginia Association of Realtors, and I would say, okay, maybe 1,000 of them do more than 10 million, Right it's pretty easy you know you sell 30 homes you're going to do 10 million in sales volume right if not more in our market yeah. so like it's not that uncommon for somebody to be a solo producer at that level but it's very uncommon to see somebody have a team of 15 and do north of 150 million and the only difference is, is that this person already had sales skills but they figured out leadership attraction recruitment the $10 million person didn't. So the real question to most of you all is just say, hey, I realize I'm gonna suck at this beginning, but I'm on a journey to actually get better about it.
0: I think in, you hit something there. I think a lot of people think of, hey, they get in the, the mindset or the frame of it's time for me to hire somebody. Right? Yep. And that's a process in itself. But what you're saying is is that's a process that should never end, right? Yep. Because when you're interviewing people, you've one, you've got to get good at it. You get and there will always be different roles that you'll be looking for. So this is not just interviewing somebody that has to be good at, but it's because you're looking at different roles. So the questions that you're asking are different. Okay. And two, you're not always in a higher now. You want to prevent from being in a higher now yeah. situation. So therefore, and we use the term, you're building your bench. With the bench is I've interviewed people that I've identified that could be a good fit at some point in time. You don't have to think, well, and I think that's just something else that can kind of hold people back. Is like, well, I don't really need somebody right now. So, therefore, I'm not going to practice or be on the lookout for the right person. Right. So, is it true to say that, hey, that if I'm not always doing this, one, when I need, I'm going to, the chances of me hiring the wrong person are increased. Hmm? And two, maybe I found somebody that, well, I'm not hiring this person right now, but, you know, Joe, this might be a good fit for you or for somebody else that I could always come back to. Or did I just let them know straight up, I'm not hiring now me, but now that I know that you're a good fit
1: when I get to this point, I'm going to be in touch. I mean, I think that the the thing that goes around that one is instant gratification. Right? That we live in a world that's instant gratification. You know, within 30 seconds, I can order food and have it in my hands within 25 minutes and somebody else delivers it to me. Right? The same thing with Instacart and going to grocery shopping. Um, Everybody wants a warm lead and they're unwilling to nurture. And I think the thing to remember is that... um, the things that you see other people do that are really easy but you know are hard, what you don't see is the years, the hours put in to master a given skill set. So when you see somebody do something that's extremely hard because you've tried it, what you're failing to recognize is the journey of mastery that they've put behind it. So when you talk about the bench building, it, it's not only delayed gratification, but it's also a commitment to something that most people are unwilling to commit to because it's to quote unquote hard right yeah and what you're actually seeing with building a bench is actually the idea of planting seeds and i think this is the if i would give no nothing else in this, this this episode is saying that there when you place bets on things you have to be neutral to how the outcome of that bet comes meaning when you're trying to build a bench there's going to be seeds that you put out that you're like you water them you plant them and nothing comes of them right they just they go off into the ethos and you're like well, that was a waste of time uh. <laughs> That was, <laughs> never getting that time back. But then and then there's gonna be seeds that you put down and you're like, they grow to maybe a foot. And you're like, well, that had the capability to be six feet and it went to a foot. And that's the extent. Some of that is capacity on people, that you have such great vision and opportunity for the person and they just, you know, underperform. Then there's the ones that meet your expectations, right? And you're like, well, that could be a six foot tree and it came out to be a six foot tree. Like, I'm really happy about the expectation there. And then, then there's the, the outliers, the ones that you put out, the, the, the seeds and the water and the nurture. And then there's also stuff you didn't do. And all of a sudden, it turns into like a 100-foot tree, right? And, and the thing around it is that it's people, right? That you don't have the direct input-output that most people think about that. If I do enough lead generation, I'll get a sale. With people, you don't have that. So you have to basically place these bets and realize that, Some of them aren't gonna come out to anything. Some are gonna underperform. Some are gonna meet expectations. Another one's gonna blow your expectations out of the water. And it's going back to the bets of like, I don't have direct control. And I think that's why a lot of people think about the building of a bench is like, ah, people are hard. Well, it's actually, if you look at a business, people are one of your most challenging assets, but they're also the ones that actually show up and can be exceeding expectations. But there are people with their own motivations, their own drive, their own X, Y, Z that you have no control over. And I think that's the part of business is that if you constantly have a pipeline coming through, you're going to find the ones that exceed expectations. And you're going to want to keep on to that. You're going to create opportunity. You want to be a business with them. And then there's going to be the ones that just need to keep it moving and go somewhere else. And that's, like, that's the bet that you don't have any control on. So when we look at wrapping up for today,
0: and we've said, hey, the need for identified talent is a never-ending one. Mm-hmm. And then we say, hey, you know, the building, the bench is, falls into that category. But understanding that each time you do that, you're getting a little bit better. But what other strategies should people be looking at, okay, to saying, hey, how am I truly identifying talent? Where am I looking above and beyond the obvious? Which is, as we touched on, past clients, friends, families, business associates, vendor partners, whatever, what have you.
1: So uh, when I think about identifying talent, the second hindrance, so some, some, the one, the first hindrance is that, you don't have enough experience so just go get the bats and your first strikeout is going to be a lot harder than your second strikeout because your ego gets checked and you realize it's just part of the process i think the second one is that people aren't willing to take the the crazy shot they're like oh no that person's so successful why would they ever want to be in business with me well it's always going to be a no unless you ask right and i think yeah. a lot of times it's saying that if you want to grow your business to this amazing thing someone's got to start out so at some point you know uh, Warren Buffett had to find, make his first dollar so that he could invest it, right? And the idea is that you gotta take your shots and you gotta have some swag behind it. You gotta have some confidence behind it. And you gotta think about, okay, if I wanna be an amazing business, I've gotta go find amazing people. So who do I gotta become as the leader? And then what other offerings do I need to create? What type of vision do I need to be committed to so that people like myself or even better than myself would wanna be attracted to it? And I think that's part of the ego checking is saying that like, you have great value as a business owner so what is that articulate that how do you change somebody's life because when you go from identifying talent to recruiting them the recruiting process is really simple let's just be very clear about the recruiting process it's do a resume review does the resume review, when you look at Wait, it- Do people still create resumes? Oh yeah, I I, I <laughs> It's one of those things, man. Like, I'm not being those, completely like, real.
0: I don't know about the, this generation. Are they still doing resumes, right? Well, I
1: mean, I think LinkedIn does it for you very quickly. <laughs> I think they can automate something through AI. And if you can't figure out your resume review, there's something called Chat GPT. They can oh, probably spit go. one out for you. But my, my point here is that like, like, don't overcomplicate, there's a process. Like when you look at hiring and the recruiting process, Part of it is you have to make people feel good about their choice and then you have to bridge a gap of where they are today to where they want to be tomorrow and if you can really figure out the pain point between the two that's how you recruit somebody you're trying to put them through a journey that gets them self-reflecting about where they're at in their life and where they want to be and then as the interviewee you're or the interviewer you're trying to figure out like does this person fit into my organization so here's the two like parallel Plays that you're running when you're trying to recruit somebody. One is, I'm looking at a resume to figure out do they have a track record success? Because like success leaves clues and zebras don't change their stripes. What I mean by that is, if someone's been in the same job at the same level and they just keep hopping every two to three years, they're gonna do the same thing with you because you can't change people, unfortunately. The next thing I'm looking at is reference checks, right? Because I'm gonna call references and if they don't get back to me within like probably a couple hours, and they're not giving raves and reviews and they're not being completely transparent with me and they're not saying like yo if i could get business with them like i would do it again like it's going to be very clear that if you've got a hound references the person's probably not a yeah. good fit right yeah. the next thing that i'm looking at
0: is or, what, they, or if they default back to the
1: well i can't say anything
0: bad about bad that number, person right
1: <laughs> i can tell you when they were employed by us. that's a really keep it
0: very very close to the look
1: exactly and if you think about the hiring process like you're going to spend 50, 60 hours with this person. So don't go through just resume, have some corporate blah, blah, blah. No, like I wanna understand your journey. Like where did you come from? How did you get to where you're at today? What were your highs? What were your lows? What were the things that were challenging? What were the things that were like over the hill, like achievements that you were so ecstatic about? And like, what do you want in the future, right? And then I wanna know what your goals are in five years. And through the whole process, I'm building a relationship with you because I'd rather build a relationship now and say, yes, we're getting into business or no, we're not, than hiring you and then having to go through this awkward 90-day probationary period where I'm like, oh, I should have caught that, should have built some more time. Do I go to dinner with you? Do I bring you out to an event for one of my my, my business? Like, I wanna actually get to know you because I'm not gonna be just a transactional partner with you. Like, you're in the grind with me. And I think when you look through the hiring process, The things that are gonna tell you that the person's success are gonna be the references and their performance over whatever their professional like period of time that they've been in the workforce is. The second thing, so that's just like validating that you've at least, I know that you're gonna be talented. The second thing that I'm trying to do is once I realize you're talented, and I'm gonna figure that out, any capable leader is gonna figure that out in probably about an hour or two of meeting with the person. The next thing is now I've gotta understand what does Dave want in his life? Because right now you're at a certain level of success and anybody that's driven wants future growth. So now I've got to sit here and figure out where is Dave at? Where does he want to be in five years? How do I flex on him around the pain point of, so what are you going to do differently? Like who are you going to be in business with? What environment needs to be changed? What opportunities need to be created? And who do you need to become to, to excel to that five year goal? So my, now my recruitment strategy is how do I get you to see where you're at today, see where you want to be in the future, ask some questions that might be painful about like, so what happens if you don't do that? What happens if you don't take an opportunity? What does it look like for you to go backwards? Or like, do you need to stay there? And if I can get you to inflect on some pain points, it might cause you to think about what I miss out by not making a change or coming to work for me or not work for, but with me. I want you to see what your opportunity gain could be, but I also want you to know what you could be missing out on if you don't look at this opportunity as something that could actually better you, your family, your professional growth, all those type of things. So you have to be constantly battling, does the person one, qualify for the job, but number two, what kind of thing do I need to actually create for them so that they see the bigger opportunity of why they would want to change? Because anybody that's a highly talented person is usually already gainfully employed. I think we, you know, this is definitely a deep topic. We'll probably bring this up again in another one of our podcasts. And that was my thought, yeah. Um, But I think just identifying, I think like three takeaways from everybody that's tuned in is really like put a focus on what do you want the job role to be? Be very clear about that because half the time, you're just not clear about what you're looking for. Like, are you looking for, you know, is it, is it a blue car, is it a black car, is it a white car? Like, be clear about what the job opportunity is. Then figure out your people's track record. Like, understand who they are and actually be invested in getting to know somebody because far too often your motivation is, I need to get them hired, or in fact you should say, let me be present to know who they are. And then the third part is, what's the future of that person? Because if I understand the future of the person, I can then be a better leader to make sure that I'm fulfilling what their needs are in the future. And I think those are the by from identifying identifying talent all the way through the recruiting process. Yeah.
0: You know, and I'll leave this as as we wrap up this episode is saying, you know, when you hire the right person and you hire that person who has an unlimited ceiling, you better be prepared and be able to provide that person the ability to grow as well. Huge. Right? So you're not just hiring for a now, you're
1: hiring for where you want to go. Yeah. And they're going to be there with you. For sure. So anyway, uh, I want to say just thanks, Dave. You and I sitting down actually in person onward here. Uh, But for Entrepreneur Impact, thank you for tuning in and listening to how you identify and recruit talent. And until next time, see you later. Have a great day.